This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you... A voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. A first half onslaught at Fratton Park last time out inflicted a second consecutive defeat for Portsmouth. There's a chance in the area. It's a great chance for Ford and he scores. Sparks let Ford get the wrong side and Shaq Ford on his left foot has given Leighton Orient the lead. Whipped in towards the near post. Dangerous in the six-yard box and Leighton Orient have scrambled the ball in the back of the net. And Pompey have given themselves a mountain to climb. In comes the corner kick towards the near post and it's headed into the net by Dan Adji. Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient three. Leighton Orient coming away from their visit to the South Coast with three goals and three points. One week on from the Blues, 2-1 loss away at Cheltenham Town. Onwards and upwards now though, hopefully. Tonight we'll be looking ahead to Pompey's next challenge in League One. Head coach John Massinho has been talking to us about the forthcoming test up on the far coast. We've got a lot to work on and improve upon it. It's a really important part of the season. Whenever you get beat 3-0 at home off the back of um, a run that's sort of disappointed everyone around the football club, I think there's always going to be times where people have got to stand up and really be counted. We'll get the full pre-match thoughts of the gaffer before 7 o'clock, as well as Matt Macy. He's been speaking about his return and the lure that the club has. There's been a lot of changes in terms of players, but there's still the core group that was here last year fan base I mean there was everything really it's just a case of when Pompey ring you answer a full look ahead to Pompey's trip up to Fleetwood coming up on this evening's edition of the Football Hour the Football Hour driven by Stagecoach across the south download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up to date timetable information and to prepay for your journey Express FM this is the Football Hour on Express FM, your radio station in Portsmouth. Welcome along. It is great to have you join us for the show tonight. We'll have a full preview of tomorrow's trip to Fleetwood for Pompey with exclusive interviews and the opinions of Reese Harding and Andy Mitchellmore on the way this evening too. But Pompey fans, we also want you tuning in back home to have your say between now and seven, which is when Steve Randall takes over the desk with school days. How many changes would you make to the side that were beaten by Leighton Orient last weekend for tomorrow's trip up to the northwest? Are you still confident of automatic promotion for the Blues this season? And what do you think the score will be on the Fylde Coast this weekend? It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, post using at expressfm on X, or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You can also download the ExpressFM app, by the way, which is the very best way to reach us. That's available for free on Apple and Android devices. Let's kickstart the show tonight, though, with a reminder of what happened last time out for the Blues. There was no midweek action this week, so we'll take you all the way back to six days ago at Fratton Park, where Leighton Orient were the visitors. Every kick left a great delivery. Every goal curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I believe it! Pompey Live. What a Express FM. And we are about to get underway as Ben Speedy, whose last game here was a nil-nil draw for Portsmouth against Derby last year on a Friday night. And later on, immediately goes to the box and almost have a chance. There's an appeal for a penalty. It's a corner kick. I make that inside nine seconds later on and win a corner. And it comes from Pat Lofted, looking towards Shoxie over his head. Kamara heads it goalwards and over the bar. And that's a chance, nil-nil. Yeah. Ford helping it on. And on the right wing, there's a chance in the area. It's a great chance for Ford, and he scores! 
Barks let Ford get the wrong side. And Shaq Ford with his left foot has given Leighton Orient the lead in the 30th minute. Pompey go behind again. Portsmouth nil. Leighton Orient won. Whipped in towards the near post. Dangerous in the six-yard box and Leighton Orient have scrambled the ball in the back of the net. And Pompey have given themselves a mountain to climb. It's Jordan Brown. It wasn't dealt with well. And in a tight area, Brown stuck a leg out and managed to force the ball into the bottom corner. It's Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient two. It's going to be struck by Sparks. And a penalty has been given to Portsmouth. It's Shaq Ford who slid in. Uh, if I'm honest, I thought he might have got the ball. Yeah. The referee had said penalty kick to Portsmouth. He well. points straight to the spot and Pompey have an opportunity to get one back. Pompey really needs this. They are 2-0 down. Colby Bishop having to wait a long time. Whistle blows. Bishop steps up and it's saved by Bryn who went down to his left and saves it comfortably. And Pompey still have a two-goal deficit and Bishop covers his face with his shirt. Lane trying to get across into the penalty area. Whips into the post. Bishop's header has gone wide. 2-0. Archibald plays it in behind. Adjou shouldn't get there. He does get there ahead of Norris. And it's wide of the target. And that is another huge let-off for Pompey. It's only 2-0. In comes the corner kick towards the near post. And it's headed into the net by Dan Adji. He's made it three just before half-time. Pompey are imploding. And Dan Adji got his second of the season. It's so, so easy. Bishop covering that area, couldn't get there. Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient three. Portsmouth have suffered a humiliating loss to Leighton Orient here at Fratton Park. And just a matter of weeks, Portsmouth have gone from looking like very strong contenders to win the League One title to a side who are gonna have to turn things around very soon if they're to be in the mix for a place in the automatic promotion places. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. And the Blues remain top of League One after Bolton's match at home to Cheltenham last weekend was abandoned. The Trotters do have three games in hand and are just two points behind Pompey as things stand. Reese Harding is one of two guests joining us tonight. Reese, thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us this evening. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. It's great to have you. And it's Andy Mitchamore who is alongside Reese for this one. Andy, likewise, mate, thanks for calling in. It is great to have you with us. No dramas at all, Jake. Always lovely to be here. It's never a dull moment on the South Coast, is it? It never is, absolutely. Um, let's begin then, Andy, with a very brief throwback to last weekend when Pompey were well beaten by Leighton Orient at Fratton Park. We had the full analysis on Monday night's edition of the show with Mark McGee in Ian Chiverton, so we don't want to go into it too much. But ultimately, what were your thoughts on the game and, and, and what really concerns you the most as a Pompey fan watching that? You say you've asked me to be brief and then said, what concerned me most? Those are two opposite <laughs> questions. Uh, yeah, wasn't a great day, was it? Um, I think, wasn't to be best. honest with you, the, the thing that jumped out to me in the stands was how easily is that Shaq Ford uh, was getting between our defensive midfielders and our back four and the space he was finding between Shocknessy and Sparks. And that was basically the catalyst for the vast majority of their success in the first half, that and the high press that normally we deal pretty well with. 
but there were so many rush clearances. I think from memory, the corner they scored from was the end result of a rush clearance where some interplay between Norris and Raggett hadn't worked out. Mm. It just all looked very frantic and rushed. Um, I'm just looking at the game sort of in a microcosm, not the macro season concerns at the moment. Yeah. I think that was the biggest concern and the fact that they were such good value. Like, it wasn't a smash and grab by any stretch. They were such good value for that 3-0 win. Mm. And there was just no spark to, to even look like we were going to turn it around at any point other than possibly you know, the, the Bishop penalty at 2-0. Mm. And Andy is, I think, bang on with that assessment. Reese, um, we, we can critique Pompey as much as we like and, and, and probably for good reason as well from that performance last Saturday. But when it came when it come down to it, Leighton Orient were very good value for their win and, and, and deserved it as well in, in most parts of that game. Yeah, exactly. And um, if I'm going to be honest, I thought you, you've got to, the way we conceded in the first half, you've almost got to pick yourselves back up. And at no point in that game did I think that team ever looked like they were going to pick themselves up and, and really fight for it. I just didn't feel like there was any point where I thought we're going to get back into this. And obviously going 2-0 down before half time is bad enough. And then obviously right on the stroke of half time, I think the game was over. I, I don't know if there was any changes that could have been made. I, I know we've come back before being 3-0 down. I think I remember Fleetwood at home a few years ago. Um, but it just didn't seem like there was any inspiration or creativity, especially going forward. I, you know, we Played the ball out wide. Kamara, I, I, if I recollect, I don't remember him winning too many headers uh, against the fullback. And then, you know, Sparks was doing what he could. And, and obviously, it just, you can put as many crosses into the box as you want. But it, there's nothing truly creative in that team. I think that's where we miss uh, Robertson, is that I just feel like there was, we needed someone to pick the ball up more and drive through the middle of the pitch. And, uh, and I feel like we're missing that link at the moment, which is which is why it's so important that we um, that we look to get that creativity back into the side. Yeah, Reese mentions Alex Robertson there, Andy, of course, out until expected the end of the season with a hamstring tear. We all knew that this was going to be a big blow to John Massinho's side, but were you expecting it to be this much of a blow, or, or was this, in your opinion, anticipated? I mean, sample size is everything, isn't it? Ask me again in three games, I'll give you a definite answer. I I wasn't expecting it to crash and burn quite so suddenly, but I mean, there's obviously going to be a massive hole in the in the side when you lose someone like Robertson. I mean, it's sort of Ben Thompson, isn't it, really, in terms of it being a lone player that you fall in love with. But so, I mean, for me, more talented than Ben Thompson by a distance, even though I, I love Ben Thompson while he was at Pompey. And yeah, I... In terms of that creative spark, I, I don't know if Robertson being there would have changed any of the goals we conceded because mm. I think that was more defensive issues. But uh, you'd like to think that it had given us a bit more of an attacking spark going forward. And it was interesting. I, I prefer Robertson playing in that eight role rather than that ten role in yeah. terms of what he can sort of maximise his potential. But looking at the side now, it's that ten role where I feel like we're really missing out because we haven't got him there as an option, which is a bit of a weird sort of antithetical thing to be happening in my mind yeah um sharon walker has got in touch on the email saying we have to change the way we play as teams have worked us out we have played everyone once and they know exactly how we set up now we need a plan b playing up the wings is not working players seem to be lacking in confidence those are the thoughts of sharon walker on the emails thank you very much to sharon uh, for getting in touch of the show this evening um out of context pompey on x saying was steve uh, was leighton orient our free 
3-0 Stevenage moment. Uh, will we now go on a mental run until the end of the season? I want it to be. I hope it happens. Now, this game at Fleetwood next week, we need to dominate and uh, end the game as early as possible. Out of context, Pompey there. Um, you do kind of get the vibe, don't you, um, Reese? But potentially that 3-0 defeat to Leighton Orient last weekend could be like that Stevenage moment or that crew game in 2017 where um, you, you hope it just spurs the side on to go on and go on a mad run until the end of the season. But ultimately, having seen the evidence of the sort of previous games before about Cheltenham, Exeter, Bristol Rovers, the confidence from a fan's perspective probably isn't there as much as it was in 2017. Yeah, I'd 100% agree. And the fact that our position in the form table currently, in comparison to the other teams that are in and around the top six, it's we are, you know, stumbling behind at the moment. And whereas against Blackpool, for example, when we lost 4-0 at home, we were coming off the back of a huge unbeaten run. And actually, you knew that loss was going to come. And it's how we responded to that. And we responded to that, you know, with some great results, with some clean sheets, goals scored. It was brilliant. But this time, with like you say, we're coming off the back of a 3-0 loss. But there was no decent results, apart from that Stevenage one, to almost back up that loss that, you know, it's it's... It doesn't feel like we're bouncing back as such from one game, but a whole period over Christmas where we've looked pretty, pretty average or poor. Um, and that's what, in the back of my mind, it's a struggle to that I think we're going to go out and do something great against Fleetwood. I think, you know, we can dig in and we can try and get the win and everything. But I just, in the back of my mind, I think it's going to be quite a tough, close fought game. Yeah, and ultimately, whatever happens over the next few weeks and months, Andy, is the the biggest and, and probably, well, it is the biggest challenge of John Massinio's managerial career so far, isn't it? He hasn't really experienced this kind of form in the dugout as of yet, and he's got a big task ahead of him to try and steer the ship back on course. Yeah, absolutely. He's not really had that huge deal of adversity to deal with as yet, and that is a credit to him. But that first big test was always going to come where things looked like they were falling apart because it happens to everyone at some point in the season for most of the time. And yeah, it's about how we bounce back. And I think there's there's always mitigating circumstances here. Like I think Leighton Orient hadn't played for 12 days before they played us. Mm. I mean, the Stevenage, was it Stevenage? One of those, I think it might be yeah. the Stevenage one. They'd had the game called off before they played us and they'd had longer rest. Correct. So there's always mitigating, etc. Although obviously that, that Stevenage game went okay. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's about how we bounce back because fans don't want to hear excuses. And to be fair to Messino, he doesn't give them. I don't think he's not one of those managers that comes out and huffs and puffs and, you know, blames 15 different factors for, for the loss. He'll just come out and say that, you know, it was poor. Yeah. And yeah, I rate that. So, Hopefully we uh, we turn around. I, I can't decide if it's the best time or the worst time for us to be playing Fleetwood. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> we shall determine that later on. Chaps, great stuff for now. Thank you both for the time being. It is time now, though, for a very quick brief. And when we return, we'll begin to look ahead to tomorrow's game up in Fleetwood and hear what John Bassino has had to say ahead of it. It's far too much to say that this is a defining moment of anything during this season or the football club's history, anything like that. It's just another game. We've got to make sure we do approach it like that and we've got to make sure that we, we approach it with the, the seriousness and the earnest sort of approach that we do for, for every single game. Try not to get too carried away with the fact that we haven't picked up results. Take a listen to that interview in full and hear more from the three of us here too when the football hour returns next for the fans by the fans the football hour with jake smith on express fm
The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Hello and welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you're all well. If you've just tuned in and have missed any of the shows so far, well, fear not, we'll be uploading the full hour to listen back to right after 7 o'clock. Keep your eyes peeled across our socials as well as the Apple and Google podcast apps and Spotify too. Right, let's hear from the gaffer now. John Massinho has been speaking to George Wedlake ahead of tomorrow's trip to Fleetwood. Still top of the league. Obviously, the chasing pack are closing that gap a little bit. But how important is the team's reaction now? How pivotal is this moment? I think it's, it's, it's a really important part of the season for us. We've not got a huge amount of games left, only 19 games. It goes really, really quickly when you think about it. And, um, you know, soon that'll be down into single figures. And we've got to make sure that a big part of where we want to put ourselves this season, a big part of what we achieve is down to what we do over the next couple of weeks. And we've got three away games on the spin. Uh, I think it's really, really important that we, we knuckle down and, and obviously perform well in all of those. The performance for me is, is um, you know, the, the key, I think, to making sure we go and get the result. That was really disappointing, I think, about Saturday. Not only did we not get the result, the performance wasn't there. So, yeah, we've got a lot to, to work on and improve upon. it. It's a, a really important part of the season. Whenever you got, get beat 3-0 at home off the back of um, a run that's sort of disappointed everyone around the football club, I think, you know, there's, there's always going to be times where people have got to stand up and, and really be counted. Personally, how would you describe this moment of your managerial career? There's ups and downs um, all through it, and I think it's it's far too much to, to say that this is a defining moment of of anything during this season or the football club's um, you know, the football club's history, anything like that. It's just another game. We've got to make sure we do approach it like that, and we, we've got to make sure that we we approach it with the the seriousness and the earnest sort of approach that we do for for every single game. Try not to get too carried away with the fact that we haven't picked up results. This game's worth three points, just like any others, and and after the weekend, we'll have eighteen more games as well to to try and go and win one of the positives from Saturday Tom Lowry back playing the full second half how much of a boost is that to the team I thought it was a real boost to have him back uh, for training anyway and for him to be able to come on and perform as well as he did in that 45 minutes was was great he showed his professionalism in the fact that he's kept himself fit he's been really really unlucky with injuries over the past 18 months and it's something that obviously when he's played for Portsmouth I think he's been excellent and there haven't been many performances I don't think that have have fallen below a standard so to have Tom back in the building it's, it's like having a new signing and you know, long may it continue. We've just got to make sure we keep him fit and keep him firing. Alex Robertson shared a photo from his hospital bed post surgery. Have you had any word on how that's gone at all? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's gone really well. So to be fair, that's what surgeons always say. So nothing different from the from the usual. They never say it's gone badly. But yeah, I'm positive in terms of the recovery for for Alex and, and wish him all the best. And, and hopefully at some point see him see him back in the Portsmouth shirt. And last week we spoke about the importance of finding replacements potentially going forward for Robertson and a number 10 specifically. How is that search coming on? It's coming along well. Um, it's, it's very, very slow, this transfer window. There's not a huge amount of activity up and down the leagues for various reasons. So I think that um, you know the, the most important thing is that we're working away, working diligently, looking to, to try and bring in players if we possibly can and trying to strengthen the squad. So uh, yeah, there's not a huge amount of movement at the moment, but there's still plenty of time left in the window. Tom Lowry showed potential in that role. I mean, could that be a possible Phil? Yeah, definitely. I think he's played higher up there. He's, he's obviously played as a six as well. So Tom's got a lot of flexibility in where he could play as a midfielder and, and he could definitely cover um, any three of those positions. 
at recruitment in general is is that pretty much the same as the search for the number 10 you know things moving a little slowly would you say yeah, and I mean, not from our perspective. We they're moving as we would have expected them to move. January is never a window where a huge amount gets done in the first couple of weeks. A lot you you tend to see um, in the last week, especially in the last couple of days, where everything becomes a bit clearer in terms of players that want to move on, what squads higher up the league are doing with their players, and that filters down. So it has a real trickle effect on everything else that goes on and and the players that are available to us. So we are um, we're working. Uh, working away diligently the the most important thing for us is we haven't lost out on, on any targets yet there's no one that's gone anywhere that we, we thought we might be in a, with a chance and, and we haven't uh, managed to secure the services of that player and yeah haven't haven't lost out on anything um, at the moment and we, yeah, we're keeping a, a close eye on, on when those players become available There's been one in through the door since we last spoke Matt Macy uh, what are your expectations for him going forward? Well I, I think we know everything we need to know about Matt as a goalkeeper having played I think 20 odd games for us last season so we know we've got a really capable player there who hasn't had a huge amount of football obviously or hasn't had any football since he left us in the summer and it was a really good opportunity I think to pick him up and try and strengthen the squad and that's exactly what we wanted to do so Matt comes in fits straight into the squad fits straight into everything we're trying to do and, and we're delighted to have him The game in midweek against Oldershot was called off because of the frozen pitch are there plans to get a similar game on or maybe reschedule that one? Yeah nothing at the moment I think we, we're going to take each game as it comes in terms of the, the league fixture and see where we are as a squad after that and see if we need the minutes we thought after the late annoying game at the weekend it would be really good for a few players to get a few minutes into their legs unfortunately that couldn't happen because of the weather that's one of those things so we try to replicate that as best as possible in the training session anyway and if we need to I think after the weekend then we'll try and do something similar if not reschedule that game With regards to the overall injury situation at the moment is there anything to report? Just Conor Ogilvie's been back in full training this week he is available for selection at the weekend it might just be one game too soon for him so we'll have to monitor and see how he is after a, a good couple of days of, of training with him and then the, the other one of note I think is that Tom Lowry's come through training this week having played 45 minutes minutes and having had a couple of injury setbacks previously that's a real positive for us Next up it's an away test at Fleetwood how do you see that one going? Yeah I think uh, Fleetwood have obviously got a new head coach in charge new manager and they've got quite a few players back from, from injury and suspension so there'll be a different side to what we saw that, you know, the side that gave us a test on the 23rd when we played them just before Christmas and obviously not doing what they want to do in the league in terms of league position but I think they've got plenty of threats and plenty to, to try and prove in terms of what they're trying to achieve this season especially with the new manager so we expect to, we expect a stern test I think it's going to be a tough game and yeah we've got to go up there all guns blazing if you want to get anything out of it One year as manager of Portsmouth how would you sum up the past 12 months? I think for the most part it's been really positive there's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of changes and I think the big thing for me is as I sit here this year I'd like to sort of if you reflect and go are we in a better place than we were this time last year I think the answer is yes I think the the only disappointment at this conversation probably would have been different if our form had been a bit better over the past four weeks and that's the only thing I think that in that entire period is is probably one of those things that's um, you know we we slightly let ourselves down upon Uh, maybe that that spell where we drew too many games around Easter as well but for the most part really really positive I think we've really improved everything um, not just in terms of the squad but everything around the, the building as well and, and what we're trying to do with the football club and I think we're in a much better position than we were this time last year so I think that's some positive progress but we've got a huge amount to do to try and get where we want to be There we are then the pre-match thoughts of head coach John Messina speaking to George Wedlake at the Blues training ground on Wednesday afternoon uh, Rhys Harding and Andy Mitchellmore alongside us for tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM and Andy it's needless to say that a, a big transfer window is needed from Pompey to ensure that the squad is strengthened and we really get over the line come the end of the campaign to deliver what is the end goal, promotion to the Championship. Do you have confidence in, in John Massino there and Richard Hughes to deliver a positive transfer window? Last January wasn't too bad. Riley Towler, Paddy Lane, Matt Macy as well to add to that. Yeah, I think 
to be honest, with transfer windows since Rich Hughes came in, it's been one aspect that I've been genuinely really imp- impressed with. And that's not just me saying the party line. Like, the recruitment has been really, really strong. So I've got no reason not to expect them to succeed. I mean, it's impossible to say whether or not the recruitment will, at the end of the season, lead to us being promoted. But their track record, their sort of strike rate in terms of successes versus to put it sort of quite bluntly, failed loan signings. They're far more heavily weighted in the success sign. So I think there's a lot of pressure. And it's one of those where, you know, we're still in a position, even with the bad form, bad run we're on, if you look at the table just and and forget, take form out of it, we're still in a position where playoffs is the minimum and should still be looking at automatics. So there is pressure on them to maintain that with the appropriate, uh, appropriate players coming in. So, yeah, I back them. No reason not to based on their track record. Attacking players uh, are high on the uh, sort of shopping list for Pompey fans this window, Reese. Um, Cassini Yengi, as we know, out with Australia in the Asia Cup. Um, Colby Bishop, not the only striker at the club as things stand. Christian Sadie, of course, can fill into that role. We've not really seen him play as that out and out number nine as of yet. He's more or less played him at number 10 role, um, filling in for Alex Robertson, particularly in recent weeks. Um, in your opinion, do you think Colby Bishop needs more support up top? Another striker perhaps come in to, to come in this window? Or do you think maybe move into a different formation to allow him a striking partner? What, what are your thoughts on that kind of situation there? Well, it's interesting because really when at the back end of last season and, you know, you can understand why uh, it felt like it, it was it, what it felt like was we had crosses into the box and you're almost aiming for Colby Bishop's head all the time. It was it was quite you know it, he was that focal point up front, and often at times some games you'll have great joy with that sort of thing where you have a a striker like him in the box and sometimes he, he massively needs support mm-hmm. and whether that's through another striker or whether that's through someone behind him in the ten or whatever you know it's it's really tough because. I think it changes game to game what you know what players perform, including the striker. You know, he against Leighton Orient, I feel like we didn't have um, the build up to really get any sort of balls, any sort of quality balls to him. Um, but then on another game, he might thrive more in a situation where we put more crosses into the box or against a certain defence and. Really, we haven't seen too many times where we've played two up top. And honestly, I think so long as we see the creativity and the players behind mm. linking up the midfield with the attack, I think that would be enough for me. I think strike options at the moment, I think, you know, we're in a good place. But I think it's getting the ball to the striker rather than playing two up top necessarily. But I'm, I don't know because as of late... Um, something needs to change but i i don't know what the answer might be but if we can get a good more good attacking options in then you know that would be that would be brilliant i think we lined up with two up top was it the last 20 25 minutes against bristol rovers earlier in the season when we were pushing for a winner and obviously didn't end too well with us conceding late but from memory we created quite a few chances with two up top um Mm. so i i don't think we can sack off that system because it was successful up to the point of finishing and then us not scoring using that system was down to individual sort of er errors to be honest with you up top with Bishop and Yangi and 
in this game against Orient on Saturday, just gone. I mean, that second half, when we were trying to put on a bit of pressure, the number of times a ball came in, and yeah, the ball wasn't great quality, but on the odd occasion, the ball did come in with a half-decent you know, boot behind it. Bishop was, at times, the only person in the box. When we're 3-0 down, attacking the Fratton end, trying to get balls in the box, and Bishop was the only person in the box um, with a Portsmouth shirt on. So, yeah, that suggests to me, I mean, Sadie wasn't getting into those positions, whether that's because he was told not to, or just, I don't know what else he wouldn't get into those positions. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But Bishop looked so isolated. And if, we, if we're not getting men into the box and causing those overloads when we're 3-0 down, mm. when are we going to be chasing the game more than that? You know, So I think it does need to be considered as a serious option. And just some information for you Blues fans, Connor Ogilvie has been back in training this week and should be available for selection for tomorrow's game. We'll have to wait and see if he's involved at Fleetwood tomorrow. And Australia are through to the knockout stages of the Asian Cup after they beat Syria by a goal to nil in Doha yesterday. That means Cassini Yengi will be out for a little while longer, though I think we probably all anticipated the Socceroos to go far in this tournament, so I guess that comes as no real surprise. Yengi, by the way, brought on for the final few minutes of that match. Australia's third and final group stage game is next Tuesday when they take on Uzbekistan. OK, time now to hear from goalkeeper Matt Macy. He left Pompey when his loan expired at the end of last season. But he's back now and has been speaking to George Wedlake about his return to the South Coast. Really excited, really happy to be back in and um, around the group again. Yeah, it's just I had such a positive time last year and then, yeah, it's straight back in and it feels really positive again. Uh, so fill in the gaps for the Pompey fans then, what's happened since leaving last season? Yeah, obviously the situation at Luton got a bit complex with, with them getting promoted and things like that. And then that is a sort of private matter with us and Luton that we came to an agreement that it was best to, to obviously go our separate ways, um, which is all really good. And then just in the meantime, whilst I've been a free agent looking for a, for the right club, um, I've been able to train there. So yeah, it's been it's been OK. So what's that journey been like? Yeah, it's been up and down and, and things. It's been a bit hectic and a bit unnerving when you don't have a club, but it's it's been OK. I've had the routine of going in and training at Luton. I'm really glad it's turned out in a positive way that I get to come back here. So when you received notification that, you know, there was interest in you coming back to Pompey, what was the main factor for you? Just my time here last season, uh, full of positives. Really enjoyed it, really enjoyed playing for the manager and, and the staff and, and with, the, with the group of boys. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes in terms of players, but there's still the core group that was here last year. Fan base, I mean, there was everything, really. It's just a case of when, when Pompey ring, you answer. Were there any personal, specific highlights from your previous time here? I think the first game for me personally was, was such a big moment for me, obviously. About six months before then was really challenging um, to come in and sort of prove prove people wrong uh, last January was was a real highlight for my career um, and sort of kicked on for the rest of the s- six months but no I enjoyed pretty much every every moment of it last season so so even though some things have remained the same since you were last here some things are different what do you make of the changes yeah all really positive uh, I think I think obviously the standards around the place have, have just gone up another level another two levels really um, the quality and training and and things like that you can see uh, the, the squad is 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 a better squad I think I think that's clear for everyone to see and the league, league position shows that really um, that's the standout thing I can see here um, and obviously all the additions I think there's been upgrades at the ground and obviously around the training ground it all, it all helps to put the club in the right direction Every footballer wants to play you know you want to start week in week out but Will Norris is somebody that's pretty much played every single minute of the league season this year as a fellow professional goalkeeper how good is Will Norris? 
Yeah, well, I've known I've known Will from playing against him, and we're similar age for for quite a while now. Um, never never knew him personally, but he um, yeah, he's obviously had a really good season. My job is to come in here and, and be the best I can be and, and help the group kick on, really. Yeah. So how difficult do you see that then, and in that number one shirt? Yeah, it's going to be tough. But big clubs have competitive goalkeeping units. That's a sign of a big club. I'm, I'm never afraid of a challenge. But yeah, it's uh, a club the size of Pompey. You sort of expect to have competition in every position. I would say. Um, so no, we just make it work, and there'll be a good relationship working because the biggest thing is the club getting results. Uh, you've probably joined at the most difficult part of the season. You know, results lately haven't been the way they were at the start of the season. Coming in as kind of a, a newbie, what do you make of it all? Yeah, I think obviously having having last season, I've, I've got it a pretty clear idea of how everything's going and, and I've followed all season really so having seen the weekend I know that's not, not really what the, what, what's been happening this season everything I've seen has been positive obviously Saturday was a, was a huge negative but I'm, I'm sure sure everyone will bounce back really quickly Yeah so your outlook then for from now until the rest of the season things pretty positive from your point of view? I think so I think you can... I know, obviously, games in hand, but if you're top of the league, it's hard not to be positive about everything that's going on. Like every team's going to go for a little, a little spell in the season. The timing of it is just now, um, but the, the, the squad is, has so much quality that uh, you know, it's going to be a bounce back for sure. And you can hear that interview again on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from 2 in the build-up to the game up on the Fylde Coast. Time for a quick break now, but there's still plenty of time to get involved with the show too. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm over on X. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or download and get in touch through the ExpressFM app. Plenty more still to come as we reach the conclusion of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Stay tuned and don't go anywhere. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Made for the fans, by the fans. Plenty still to come tonight, including the final thoughts of you tuning in back home and score predictions too. But before we come on to those, let's take a little peep into the Blues opponents for this weekend's game. Fleetwood Town are up next for John Massino's side. Following on from last weekend's defeat to Leighton Orient, the Blues head back on the road for their next fixture in League One. Highbury Stadium is the destination and it's Fleetwood Town who awaits. This week's opposition. The Cod Army have not had the best of times in the league this season and are in a position of real danger, with relegation to League Two looking a big possibility come the end of the campaign. So let's take a look into the side currently fighting for survival. Manager. Fleetwood are now managed by former Blackport, Liverpool and Stoke City midfielder Charlie Adam. Adam has taken his first step into management with this role in which he was appointed on New Year's Eve. The now 38-year-old announced his retirement from playing in September 2022, four months after his contract expired at his previous and final club, Dundee. Since taking charge of the Fisherman, Adam has overseen three matches which have all ended in defeat. 
He is the third manager to have sat in the dugout for the club this season, with Scott Brown and Lee Johnson both vacating the role following the club's continual slide down the table. One to watch. Scottish winger Phoenix Patterson is a threat to not be taken lightly this weekend. The 23-year-old has made 36 competitive appearances for Fleetwood since he arrived from Irish club Waterford in January 2023. He ran out for the first time in red and white in a 2-1 FA Cup victory over Queen's Park Rangers days later. In what has been a turbulent season all round for the club, Patterson has scored just one goal in 18 league appearances, recording two assists as well. The tricky winger has also registered one goal in the EFL Trophy this campaign. Phoenix Patterson was supposedly named after the late American actor and musician River Phoenix. Top scorer. 29-year-old forward Jack Marriott is currently Fleetwood's leading scorer this season. The former Luton Town, Peterborough United and Derby County striker, who wears the number 14 shirt at the moment, has found the back of the net five times in 23 games in the league since the start of the campaign in August. Marriott has also featured five times in cup and trophy this season, but has not recorded a goal in any of those three other competitions. Current form. The Cod Army are without a win since the 11th of November, when they beat fellow strugglers Exeter City by three goals to nil at Highbury Stadium. Since that victory, Fleetwood has suffered eight defeats from ten league matches, drawing the other two. They have lost each of the last four matches and have dropped to the very bottom of the League One table as a result, with just 18 points on the board, eight behind the final safety position with 20 games remaining. The reverse of this fixture only took place last month, where two days before Christmas, Colby Bishop's first half penalty was cancelled out by a second half goal from Josh Earl as the points were shared in a one-all draw at Fratton Park. Can the Blues get the better of Fleetwood this time around? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There we are, then a closer look into tomorrow's opponents, Fleetwood Town. Match day number 28 for the Blues this season. Lads, this is going to be one of those games, isn't it? You look at Fleetwood's form, no wins in the last 10 league matches, eight defeats, two draws. Um, and Reese, you mentioned off air a few moments ago during the ad break that actually one of those draws was uh, with Pompey at Fratton Park two days before Christmas. So that says a lot about Fleetwood's current form and indeed the Blues too. Yeah, and I think it'll be playing on the back of their minds going into um, going into the away fixture because it's when you know that a team like Fleetwood are struggling to score goals and win matches, you know, it just those those points against teams like us, for example, who are up at the top end of the table, they will relish those points, and it will be a, I mean, for their fans and for their players, they'll think, well, we we've got a point away from home yeah. now. What can they do at home? And we've got to go in now with the mindset of we've got to put that game behind us. That was the that was arguably where the start of the uh, dip in form came, and now we've got to use this game as the end of the dip in form. And we've got to we've got to go and we've got to really just do all we can yeah. to not just get a win, but try and play well, look confident, and and. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, I, I have faith. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that theory as well, Reese. You, you, you bang on. Um, the Fleetwood game at Fratton Park was really the start of this current poor run of form. And hopefully this, this trip to Fleetwood tomorrow afternoon will be the end of it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that. Even if it's the final game where we... You know, we we don't win if we can go and win at Port Vale and, and Fleetwood to Fleetwood is our is our barren run of a season. Then yeah, maybe you take that. Um, looking at what they are doing this season, Andy, it's hard to ignore. They're not doing too well. We mentioned their their record in the last ten league matches. They've got a new manager now, Charlie 
Adam. Um, they like to give opportunities, don't they, to former professional footballers with no experience in the professional game. And I know that sounds very contradictive to say because we've got John Massinho, who, before Pompey, hadn't managed the team. Um, but you look at Scott Brown, you look at Joey Barton, you look at now Charlie Adam, and they, they like to take a gamble, don't they? And, and potentially up until now, maybe that gamble has paid off, but not looking likely to this season. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game against Derby what is it, a couple of weeks ago now. And Jake, they were awful. <laughs> they were so bad <laughs> and should have lost by more than 3-1 at home. They were really bad. And I, I'm hoping it's not a case that they got a couple of bad performances out of their system and they're going to turn up against us. But, I mean, from memory, the game we played against them just before Christmas wasn't a classic by any stretch of the imagination. And, yeah, in terms of their management, I mean, you you listing the names there. They're not <laughs> names that I feel like are going to roll off your tongue in 20 years' time when no. we're talking about you know, fantastic managers that have come from their playing career, you feel like they're more going to sit into that sort of Wayne Rooney, sort of should he really have bothered kind of bracket. But, I mean, Charlie Adams come in and he's not as yet been able to really make an impact in their last couple of games. In terms of their playing style, it looks fairly similar to how it did before he went, to be honest with you. I think they've just tried to change the scenery and, and hope the football changes just by having a different face on the touchline. And, uh, yeah, as yet, hasn't quite clicked, but touch wood that uh, that continues to be the case for at least another 48 hours yeah and um, they've been in league one for, for quite some time now reese we all know that the story of fleetwood town um x amount of promotions in, in in so many years i think it was eight promotions in somewhat 10 years um taking them from you know the lower depths of non-league up until up until the 92 and it's been an incredible journey they have sort of stagnated in league one over over recent seasons but you know given their due they're not a, a big club as such they don't have the financial Financial backing as many teams in League One, which is now becoming sort of like a mini championship with a size bit of dropping down from the second division. So, yeah, we give them the credit. They've been here for a long time. Um, is their time now running out? They've got 18 points on the board. They're eight points adrift from safety. They don't have any games in hand. They are on the worst run of any team in the division at the moment. And they've got a manager in charge who so far has overseen three games, three defeats. He's got no, no experience whatsoever. It is and take tomorrow's game out of it because we know what's going to happen. They're going to beat us. But a Fleetwood Town destined for League Two? <laughs> um, as it stands, yeah. I mean, it, it's looking that way. It would take, I think, a miracle for them to turn around this season because I think anyone in this position, any team in this position, um, even if they got in a great appointment, it, it would still be really tough to maintain the level of results uh, needed to sort of climb out of that bottom, uh, that relegation zone. But like you say, in previous years, they've been definitely a team to to watch because mm. they've they've put up put up a test against um, you know many teams. And if you look, what was it? It was the COVID season, if I remember rightly. They got to the playoff final. Yeah. Uh, was it playoff? Was it? Was it? Did they get to the playoff final? They, they didn't get to the playoff final. They, 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 they done very very well. Yeah, they got to the playoff semi-finals yeah. and beaten by Wickham. Yeah, you're right. And I feel like some teams, they just go through these phases where they get up to that point um, and they just drop back off again. And I think I think Stevenage had a period like that as well, um, right towards the start of our League One, one of our first League One seasons, um, if not the season before. Stevenage were up in the uh, playoffs, uh, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, and it's just those sorts of teams that they have one or two good seasons and they drop back off yeah. and it looks like this year it's going to be um unfortunately for them um a hole that they cannot get out of but you never know 
you never know. Never say never. No, uh, and it's happened, what you mentioned there, you know, that the, these sort of teams may have that one opportunity to, to go up to the Championship. They're not probably not expected to by the, the wider footballing community to, to be up there in League One, um, considering mm. the calibre of teams around them. You, you look at down the years, you look at Leighton Orient, they went, I think, their first 12 games unbeaten in League One. Um, I think Pompey were in League Two at the time. Um, they, they didn't end up getting promoted. They they soon got relegated down to League Two. Tranmere Rovers had uh, a similar circumstance before Pompey were promoted into League One. When Pompey were promoted into League One in 2017, um, three of the big teams that were up there, um, sort of consistently fighting for playoff positions, were Southend United, now look at them, Scunthorpe United, yeah. who are now in the National League North, and Bradford City, who, who haven't been able to get out of League Two for the last, what, three, four, five years? So, yeah, you, you, mm. you bang on. And Shrewsbury as well, they had that incredible season when uh, Wigan and Blackburn got promoted. That was Pompey's first season oh. back in. <laughs> they, they that lost. might have been who I was thinking of. Yeah, Stephen is Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, <laughs> one of them. Um, but yeah, you know, Stephen had their moment. I think back in the early 2010s, they got promoted from League Two with Crawley, and um, they, they, had a, they had a decent yeah. season. But no, you're right. Um, potentially Fleetwood could be going on that downward trajectory. But yeah, you look at the players they've got at the disposable as, as well, Andy. Just looking ahead to tomorrow's game, really our, our final sort of wrap up on this now. Phoenix Patterson, Jack Marriott, Kabongo Shimanga, Jaden Stockley. They've just signed Ronan Cochran as well from the Irish League outfit, Waterford. We don't know much about him, but Ronan's from the Irish League tend to do pretty well in League One, particularly in their first season. So we won't discount him. Fleetwood are on a, a really bad run of form, Andy, but they've got some real quality players at their disposal. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you're looking at players like Josh Vela as well. I don't know if you mentioned him there, but they've got dangerous players on their day. I mean, Jaden Stockley is kind of getting a bit of a reputation now for being a one-season wonder from a few years ago. And I mean, we were sort of looking at him as an option at one point. I think, well, <laughs> on the podcast we were, the club probably weren't. Um, and I'm very glad that the club did not listen to the podcast and take our advice. But yeah, they've got players who are dangerous going forward and they've scored more goals than the two teams above them in the league. Yeah. Uh, although one of those is Cheltenham, who obviously started with a sort of a 15-game handicap in terms of scoring <laughs> goals. But yeah, Fleetwood, I mean, you look at them at home and they don't start badly. I'm just looking at their their uh, goal difference breakdown in like 15-minute segments. And the only 15-minute segment where they don't have a negative goal difference at home is the first 15, mm-hmm. where they have two goals conceded, two goals scored over the season so far. So you do feel if you can blunt them for that first 15 minutes... Then statistically speaking, you know, we'd, I mean, from every sense of the word, it's a game that we should be picking up three points. Having said that, fill in all the cliches. Football's not one on paper. We're hardly in a great run of form, although their run of form is it's got to be one of the few teams worse than ours at the moment over the Christmas period. They have those players that are capable of something special. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those where you're not going in completely certain of three points, even though you know that we should be getting it. But, you know, there's been games like that recently where, on paper, we should be picking up three points, and uh, we have been rudely awakened by uh, by a number of teams. Mm. Indeed, we have. Right, uh, score prediction time now. Uh, Luke on Facebook is going for a 2-0 Pompey win at Fleetwood tomorrow. Mike on X reckons 2-1. And Rachel, also on X, is predicting a 3-1 win for the Blues. Uh, but what do our panel think? Rhys Harding, your score prediction, please, for Fleetwood versus Pompey tomorrow. Well, the last time I went to Fleetwood, I saw a 1-0 win at the start of the season uh, in 2021, I think it was, and I'm going to go with another 1-0 win. Oh, Andy Mitchmore, what do you reckon? I was going to go with the same, but I don't want to be boring, so uh, we'll <laughs> go with a, a spicy 3-1 to Pompey. It's sad that I need to clarify that. Um, yeah, I, 
I think there'll be <laughs> I think there'll be enough class on the pitch. I sincerely hope, and there's got to be a reaction, right? I mean, it's going to be so. a it's going to be messy <laughs> on social media if there isn't. I might just close X for three yeah. to four days if uh, if we don't win the game. Might steer clear of that. Well, uh, Jake, what's your prediction out of interest? Do you know what? Um, I, I was going to go for a one nil Pompey win as well. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm <laughs> not. Of confidence. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not confident. I'm not confident that it's going to be any more than a one nil win at best. Um, I, I am confident that we will get back to winning ways soon. I'm not confident considering Fleetwood's form at the moment and just being Pompey. Um, but I'll be confident enough to give us a 1-0 win. And like you say, if it all does go wrong, then I'm sleeping all the way back from the foul coast tomorrow night. I do anyway most of the time. But um, yeah, that won't be that won't be an evening for Twitter or X or Facebook or any of the like um, if it doesn't go right. But um, it's been great to have you both on tonight. Um, gents, thank you very, very much for your contributions. Reese, thank you very much for checking in with, with us this evening. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. Safe travels and hopefully we get the win. Fingers crossed. Andy Mitchmore too. Andy, pleasure as always, mate. Have a good weekend. Yeah, thank you, Jake. Same to you. Enjoy it. And a reminder, there is no game this weekend for the Portsmouth women, who are next in action a week on Sunday when they take on Ipswich Town away from home in the National League Cup. OK, then. Well, that's it. Another edition of the Football Hour done and dusted, but by no means a Pompey over and out for the season. And to be fair, neither are we. Catch myself and two more Blues fans for the next episode from 6 o'clock on Monday. But before then, if you can't make it up to the Fylde Coast, be sure to tune in to Express FM from 2 o'clock tomorrow for all of the unmissable action of Fleetwood versus Portsmouth here on Pompey Live. Here we go. Pompey Live. It was a mixed weekend for Portsmouth. And it's headed into the net by Dan Adji. He's made it three. Pompey are imploding. And there's the final whistle. It's the Blues who go top. Next up, the men are back on their travels away at Fleetwood in desperate need of three points. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow afternoon from two. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM, Pompey Live. With Aquacars. Do join us for full coverage of Pompey's League One fixture away at Fleetwood. Full commentary of that one will come via our good friends Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. But there are plenty of great shows coming up here on Express FM between now and then, starting with School Days with Steve Randall. That's coming right up after the news at 7. Then we'll have the latest helping of Hip Shaker from 9 through until 11. Express Hits then ramps up the weekend into the early hours of Saturday morning. Tomorrow morning, you'll be in the company of Ian McGuinness from 8 to 11 with Saturday Breakfast before Lily Park provides great songs, guilty pleasures and a tiny quiz up until 2, which of course is then when we reach the start of Pompey Live. If you missed any of tonight's show or just fancy listening back, because why not, rest assured you can. Simply visit either the Apple or Google podcast apps or you can stream through Spotify if you're signed up on there. Well, until next time, have a great weekend and enjoy what's to come here on Express. Steve Randall is up next with School Days.